Hello and welcome back to The Brunch Files where we serve up bottomless brunch-worthy topics about life in your 30s. I'm Rachel and as always I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Tegan and on the menu today we're talking about gym anxiety and not just in the gym but exercise anxiety and those things that sometimes hold us back or stop us from from exercising. Mm. So when we think about it, the hardest part of going to the gym should in theory really be the workout itself. But if you found it hard just to walk through the doors or if you're concerned about navigating the equipment or you're worried about being watched or judged or even finding it uncomfortable or just a bit feeling a bit uneasy about using the change room or other facilities at the gym or the exercise you know, studio or Pilates or yoga, whatever it may be, um, you might be yeah, struggling with a little bit of um, gym intimidation. And um, we want to call out that you're not alone. It's something that we've Mm -hmm. both experienced um, and it's actually very common. So your friend or that person you see on social media who's super into the gym every day or Pilates or yoga every day has probably experienced this at some point in their journey too. So yeah, today we'll be diving into that topic a little bit and um, yeah, just sort of talking through our own experiences with this. That's it. And we're, you know, we're not talking, it's not a, um, it, I suppose we're talking about the nervousness or uneasiness that um, that comes with that. We're not talking about an official disorder or, um, you know, full-blown panic attacks or phobias associated mm. with the gym. This is more around just sometimes those feelings that can, yeah, can hold us back when it comes to exercise. But mm. um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey with exercise, Tegan, even from um, early life? Because I feel like, I know for myself, you know, it's been a journey from me being totally insecure and unable to do um, or unsporty, unfit, unable to do anything to a point where I'm now studying it and actually taught my first, you know, fitness class the other day, which is so exciting. But you would never have been able to convince me when I even five, ten years ago that this is something I would be doing. Um, And so I think it might be interesting to hear from you about what your journey with exercise has been. Yeah, I've always been, I think even from a very young age, have always been like very active um I know when we were kids my parents well my yeah both my parents made it like really conscious effort to sort of involve us in um yeah community sports or into other other sort of external like exercise classes and things so yeah from a really young age like as long as early as I can remember I was you know dancing I danced for a number of years I did gymnastics I played basketball also played netball in um high school um, I did competitive cheerleading for a number of years. So it was always We do need something. to hear about your cheerleading. <laughs> I find this so interesting. When you first told me you did cheerleading, I was like, what? I don't know anyone that does cheerleading. This is like an American thing. So that's a, that's a conversation for another time. But yeah. <laughs> yep. No, it's like a full-blown sport. It's grown so much. I mean, when I was doing it years ago, it was much, much smaller. But now it's, yes, it's like become really, really huge. Actually, um, let's just talk about it now. Did you have to travel for cheerleading? Like what did you, what made you start and where did you find it? Yeah, so the dance studio that I was at uh, was called Dancers Edge at the time. And, um, yeah, I danced for a number of years and then it was in year nine when I moved. You know, I moved to that dance studio when I was about year seven or maybe even grade six. I can't quite remember now. But they did cheerleading there um, as well. And I remember nagging my mum for mm. years and years to be like, Mom, can I please do cheerleading? Can I please do cheerleading? And, um, yeah, you know, year nine, she – oh, actually, you know, I stopped dancing um, and then – I kind of didn't have many extracurricular activities in my mm. life and I think things kind of – I wasn't as – I'm much better at someone who's busy and I think I mm. wasn't as productive and things. And mum was like, okay, we need to get you back into <laughs> it's time for to sport and she caved. And, yeah, I'd done gymnastics and stuff previously and it's kind of a nice little hybrid um, – Gym, yeah cheerleading I'd done like sports aerobics and a whole bunch of things so it was kind of like I guess a convergence of all things I'd done mm. when I was younger and then yeah I did that for a number of years and traveled you um, competed didn't you yeah so, yeah yep so um both um domestically and internationally so there was a bit of travel you know to Sydney and Brisbane and things for competitions and then yeah in 2014 I did um go to the USA um and yeah represented Australia which is quite a cool experience very cool <laughs> yeah and then after that I've um yeah since sort of you know moved away from it now because it's quite a big commitment mm. um but yeah I guess sport and like exercise in general has just been like a really big part of my life and now even in my adult life um it's been something like I've still you know up until very recently we've been playing playing netball really regularly or involved in whether it be gym or it be like pilates or yoga or you know I do try and keep pretty active and it's something that I really enjoy so um 
Yeah, in terms of, I suppose, like exercise anxiety has never been sort of a big thing for me, but I've definitely experienced like gym anxiety. Mm. Like you'll rarely find me in the gym. I've dabbled in it a few different at a few different times in my life, but I'm very much more of like a group fitness mm-hmm. type person. That's where I sort of gravitate to. And yeah, I've always can definitely resonate with people who feel that, you know, that weight section of the gym is sort of um, like quote unquote, like off limits or intimidating or, mm. you know, it's very, you know, all the gym bros and everything. I find that quite intimidating. And even to this day, it's something I don't really seek out. Mm. Um, and those times that I have done it, I've always found it a little bit disconcerting, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and if you were there any points even, uh, I guess, or those anxieties and fears you experienced while doing team sports or was that always somewhere you felt quite comfortable and it was for you it more shows that, that gym anxiety came up for you when you were perhaps going to try and do a weights program on your own in the gym? I mean, I think at points I definitely did experience a little bit of anxiety here and there, but I, I think because I've been doing it for such a long time that doing like a group dance class or a group – um, like cheerleading class or a group fitness class to some extent, I don't feel that there's, it, it rears its head at times, but on the whole, I wouldn't say it's something I pro- find like to be particularly stressful. And I think that's just because yeah. it's just like exposure. I've just done it for such a long time for as long as I can remember. So yeah. I'm quite comfortable in those sorts of environments. Yeah. Um, I think you would have been, so going back to what I was saying about my, my own journey, I think we're, mm. well, I had quite a different experience. I was um, touched on in the last episode with Andy, but quite a chubby kid I was not sporty terrible hand-eye coordination so intimidated by any kind of sport any kind of exercise I grew up on a farm so we'd run around and you know like I wasn't I was active but in terms of organized sport Mm. or quote-unquote exercise um it was always something that was so far from my I guess I felt like it was off limits to me almost. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not someone that's fit. I'm not someone that can exercise. I couldn't run 500 meters, you know, like, like, I was mm. not fit. And um, probably in high school and I had friends that started to go to the gym. And, but for me, that was just so, so scary. So mm. intimidating. One, no idea what I was doing. Two, everyone was way fitter than me. Everyone's, you know, knows what they're doing. I can't go in there and, um, and, look stupid trying to faff about with one of the machines I think my probably first experience with the gym I I did maybe it was a trial that I did with like a women's only gym and they Mm. they had machines so it was all like cable and like um it was sort of like a circuit thing where they just had a bunch of machines in a circle and you could go in and do that uh and that helped at the time in that I was like okay I'm doing something Mm. but like my understanding of of burning calories like for me I was like okay, I need to burn more calories than I'm eating but I'd like do you know 20 minutes on the treadmill and it'd tell me I'd burnt like 30 calories and I'm like but like in the food I ate before there's like 500 calories it used to confuse me like not even understanding mm. that my body was burning calories at rest like all of that I feel like there's just it can be so scary to start and to tackle um even the basics when it's all so foreign and so new to you. And so, yeah, for me, sport, like I play, I did netter, a little bit of netball. Remember, remember netter? Did you do netter? No. I don't know. Maybe that was a regional. netter? <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Maybe that was a regional Victorian thing, but basically it was like Saturday morning netball for kids, okay. like to begin, to start oh, you out. kind of like mini ball. Yeah, like the probably basketball that. equivalent, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, but I was just terrible. Like I was just never very good at it. And um and even the fact that I would get out of breath, I'd be so embarrassed mm. about that. You know, I just wasn't. And, I, you know, you have friends that were just so active. So I feel like I would have looked at you in school and been like, oh, like, Tegan's just so fit and she's so sporty. And so, like, I was just – it was just so far out of my league. So for me, this is, I guess, something I'm really passionate about in terms of, um, I guess, empowering women to to find their path to exercise and exercise they enjoy because, for me, it's been this crazy journey, like I said before, from – um, from being that kid that was too scared or too unsure about doing any kind of movement to like it's it's part of my everyday now and I yeah. love it and I've gotten so much out of it and I get so much out of it. Because yeah. um, you are so active these days. Now. but like, like Every day you're either walking or doing your weights and it's such a big sort of part of your life. I guess what was the – like what age was it? Like were you when you sort of made that shift and sort of – did you make like a constant choice, conscious effort or choice to sort of change things or did it just kind of happen? Like what was the catalyst for that, I guess? Well, I've battled like obviously body image, um, weight, exercise. It's been something that I've battled and, and had issues with for a long time. And 
I remember in uni, like first year of uni, I was at college and there were so many active people. I tried to join the rowing team, but on the first training session, they all went for a run and I couldn't keep, I just never went back because I'm like, well, I'm way too unfit and this is embarrassing. Um, I tried to take myself for little runs and I'd run 20 metres, walk 20 metres and all of that. And like, it was just this thing that I like, would tried and felt like I failed at for so long. I would try and get into it, but I didn't know where to begin. Um, I did start working probably... Probably my last year of uni, so third year of uni, I reckon. Um, you were what, like 21, 22? Yeah, 20, maybe 20, yeah. I reckon. Um, I started sort of working with a trainer and that was my first taste of resistance training and we sort of signed up for like a 12-week challenge. Oh, actually, no, it was a boot camp. I think I did a boot camp mm. and that for me was like, that was so intimidating. But I did it with um, my boyfriend at the time. His dad and I did it. My boyfriend didn't want to do it, but his dad's like, I'll do it. So <laughs> we'd go along three mornings a week, rain, hail or shine, 6 a.m. And that was like a huge turning point because I went – and, you know, they, they – they start you out and you do your, your way, your measure, you do your, how many dips can you do? How many push-ups can you do? All of that mm-hmm. stuff at the start and then that stuff at the end. And saw some pretty significant results because I was obviously starting from total scratch. Um, and that was really exciting. I'm like, well, I don't want to lose that now. I want to keep going. Mm. And that kind of connected me with the gym and I started working with a trainer and that kind of thing. And that was really helpful. But then I had um, a, a, like a, pretty significant back um, issue. So it was like a um, herniated disc in my back. And there was about two years where I was told by my GP that I should rest, uh, but that I should also lose weight. So mm. like on the one hand, he was like, you know, you've got to rest it, but it's mm. got to come good. But you should really help if you lost some weight. And I'm like, but how? Because I don't even, I feel like all I'm ever doing is stressing about food and 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 now I can't move properly. And um, so there's this huge journey. It was like trying to work out how to, how to heal my back but how to um like the how to go about that just such unhelpful advice oh I just lose I feel like that I feel like there's probably a lot of people listening who have had back or persistent back issues for a really long time and I feel like that's just a default I feel like GPs just default to that like oh you've got a bit of a back like you know Mm -hmm. herniated disc you need to lose weight your knees are really bad you need to lose weight and while you know, having studied physiotherapy for a couple of years, I'm by no means qualified, but I do know, like, I do remember learning about, you know, if you do have excess weight, it can help. But just to say, oh, <sighs> just do that like it's easy and you can just magically go away yeah. and do that. It's just so, yeah. What are the tools that you can give oh you to help gosh. you help with that? I basically asked because I, I was so desperate I, and I went in there, I was in so much pain. Mm. I was like, I just don't know what to do. Like, can I get an MRI? What do I need to do? And he's like, oh, we probably won't bother with that. Just if you can just try and lose some weight, but rest it. And then, and, and I said, but how? like he made me stand on the scales and oh I've always gosh. had this like, you know, mortifying fear of being weighed in front of anyone and did my BMI and as like BMI is BS, but um, mm. you know, I mean, I was, I was overweight at the time. I did, it was, he was not wrong in that I needed to lose some weight. Um, Still. But, insensitive way of oh approaching. my goodness and I left and I think he said he said like was um, he older yeah and yeah. he said you know if you run 5k's a day then it'll happen how are you meant to run but 5k's he, a day with a like he told me not to exercise and I was like I left and I bawled like I was so mortified about being told that I needed to lose weight about not having any kind of pathway forward that I could action and then there was this for months and months and months I was just in crippling pain I was like I need to lose weight I'm trying to starve myself I quit sugar I did all this weird stuff um and then a friend I was working with at the time had started attending a new gym and there was a really fantastic trainer there who'd actually done exercise science um shout out to Jake he is still my trainer and gave me a voucher for like three sessions with him or something like that and I went along and he basically was the first you know he taught me that movement is medicine and that we shouldn't have to stop doing what we're doing and and wait for something to get better because clearly that wasn't working it was basically two years that I and I'd actually was about to, I'd booked in for back surgery for this issue because it had taken this long, and Jake sort of said to me, "He's like, well, let's let's just what we need to do is build up your core strength mm. and your glutes because you know you're compensating and you haven't got that core strength to actually like support yourself." And he said, "We can just take it really easy." And it was basic, basic. We were doing like build, gradually building up core strength, doing basic lifts with not a lot of weight, pretty much no weight. Um, I think about the stuff I'm doing now compared to the stuff like similar movements, but fully unloaded, taking it right back to basics, trained with him three times a week um, over a number of months. And it was about two weeks before um, uh, my back surgery. I woke up one day and I was like, 
I'm not in pain today. Like my back feels really good. And I left it for a couple of days because I'm like, this is weird. This is just, and I remember I, um, I messaged Jake and I was like, I'm not in pain. Like I'm okay. And I ended up calling the um, surgeon's um, office and just said, look, this is what's happened. And they're like, well, we'll cancel the surgery. They said, um, you know, your referral is good for 12 months. If the wheels fall off, we can book it back in, but see how you go. Um, and it was purely through that movement, that resistance training and that building strength that, um, that it healed my back. I mean, I still – it can flare up every now and then, but now I have the tools. I know what exercises I can do and mobility mm. stuff I can do to calm it down. It's usually after a long time sitting, you know, or on a plane or car or something. Um, but through that, working with a trainer, having a program I could follow three days a week, I didn't do any cardio. This was purely strength and resistance training because mm. I was someone that's hated cardio. I've grown yeah. to love it a little bit now. But it blew my mind and I had lost weight. Um, my back had come good. I'd found this love for movement and I, I was learning like I knew what I was doing I felt like I had some tools in my toolbox as they say um, to actually be able to go to the gym do uh, movement that I knew was helping me healing me strengthening me um, and it's sort of just grown from there and I, as I said I still he, Jake still does my programs we're not um, geographically close anymore but he does them uh, through an app and we check mm-hmm. in all the time and um, for me that was just absolutely life-changing it's been a very very long journey and I've learned and I'm still learning but like mm. that was I guess a very long-winded <laughs> intro to my journey from like no movement to like having it as part of my life that you know is such an important part of my life yeah yeah sorry that was a huge, <laughs> huge no tangent. no but I think it's really powerful too because yeah there's so many benefit benefits um oh, yeah to exercise which I think everyone everyone knows mm. you know at a foundational level that exercise is good for them but I think what you said there around you know, previously being very focused on like cardio and this whole yes. idea that, you know, cardio to lose weight, you need to go for a run 5Ks five five or, <laughs> you know, um, just pound away on the mm-hmm. treadmill. Um, but that I like sort of learning about the benefits of resistance mm-hmm. training and how, yeah, it, I feel like we just kind of, you have to kind of like unlearn and relearn all of the do. things we've sort of been programmed to believe about exercise over the years. Yeah, and for me, um, I know you said the weights isn't your favourite thing. That's my like absolute favourite thing. I like thing. weights. Yeah. I just don't like, I think, in that sort of one-on-one gym. Yeah, like, where you're going in and doing yes. anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just want to do my little plug for resistance training because I just think that sometimes women don't think it's for them or is beneficial to them or even accessible for them. But like there are just so so many benefits even you know it's not just building muscle and building muscle and strength in itself is is such a good thing and when we have more muscle as part of our body composition we're burning more calories naturally at rest anyway all of those things but it's our bone health you know women as women we're far more prone to osteoporosis and things like that and just about one of the only ways you can combat that is strength and resistance training and starting early as a preventative measure but it's things like posture it's balance it's injury prevention stamina um but even it's functional, you know, like learning to deadlift, learning learning to lift things properly, you know, you, groceries, picking up your baby. It's People think like it's, it's so applicable to everyday mm. life. And the other thing that I've – and it's been, you know, huge for me, like an absolute game changer and I, I see it in other women is the confidence that it builds, you know. Mm. You lift some heavy shit, you know, get under that iron and like that, that confidence and strength you build in the gym actually then transcends to other areas of your life. You yeah. know, and it's it's goes well and truly beyond that. So that's my little resistance training. Plan, yeah, every woman should be lifting weights. Even <laughs> what you said there about lifting heavy, because I also feel like there was such this misconception that I used to sort of abide by when maybe in my late teens, early twenties, is that you know you lift low rates, low weights at high reps mm. to quote unquote tone your body. Tone, we all got a tone. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know heavy heavy weights is when you want to like build muscle and you'll be bulky. Yeah, do you know how hard it is to build muscle? Like, <laughs> yeah. you can't just accidentally start looking like a bodybuilder. Like, this is the thing. But also, Shokara guys toning is also building muscle. Yeah, it's lose it's body recomposition. Yep. It's losing fat, building muscle. If you want to look toned, it's muscle. Yeah. Yeah, and the only and we shouldn't be afraid to lift. No, and the only heavier way, weights yeah, women. that's mm. it. And like well, it was like we were actually we were talking about before we started recording. Um, you know, there's the intimidation of going into the weight section of the gym. Some gyms have a, a women's weights room or a women's only section, which love that if that gets people in the door, absolutely. And I've certainly spent my mm. time, as I said, women's gym for me was was the only accessible thing mm. um, in terms of what I felt like a place I could go. But the women's weight room is often, you know, you've got your little two kilo dumbbells. There's not even a squat rack. There's no proper weight plates. Like mm. it, the whole idea that lifting weights is not for women is just, it's, up, it makes me so angry. Yeah, <laughs> it really upsets me. It's like the only way we can, um, you know, 
improve our body composition in terms of building muscle and quote look toned yeah. is by resistance training. It's that progressive overload of, you know, using those muscles and, and building building that strength. But anyway, I think we've got a bit of a tangent, but um, <laughs> where were we at? No, but I think that's a kind of nice segue into the next piece, which is sort of talking about like we bring it back to that overarching topic of like gym anxiety and where it where it shows up. But I think what's interesting is just a little bit of um, research that we were doing before this episode was showing that, you know, only really one in four Australians are actually doing the right amount of um, exercise and the right combination of exercise, mm. so cardio and strength. But then there was some further um, research to suggest that around 20% of Australians consider themselves like gym phobes. So they, you know, are mm. afraid. And there's probably a spectrum within that between yeah. people who just feel uneasy and people who genuinely can't walk a, through the door. Yeah, yeah, have a phobia of a gym. But nearly one in two regularly experiences anxiety about exercising and specifically about exercising in public or in mm-hmm. public places. So, um, but yeah, I guess like any any type of sort of anxiety or um, fear sort of um, experience, mm. um, gym anxiety can be really complex and it can also be really individualised, but it can also um, arise in a lot of different ways. So um, yeah, there are some really common times that it, it shows up and I suppose we've, we've touched on a few of them as we talk about, but the first one really is around like being a beginner. Oh yeah. Like I was saying before, not knowing where to start mm-hmm. and looking silly. Like if you walk into that gym and try and lift up a weight and have someone, you know, you, you think that everyone will be looking at you and thinking, oh my goodness, what is she doing? She looks mm-hmm. so stupid. You know, that's like my internal dialogue when before I felt comfortable or had, grew any knowledge about what I was doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, so there's like the being the beginner, but then as you say, like I think that also then feeds into this idea of like comparison. So this, like, mm-hmm. you know, comparing yourself to other people in the gym, you know, worrying yeah. about, oh, everyone else will be fitter than me. Everyone else will – people will judge me. What if I do an exercise yeah. wrong? What if I take too long yeah. on a particular exercise or not get through things quick enough? Oh, totally. And that comparison thing, I feel like it comes up in so many of our episodes because we all do it, don't we? And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, even social media. Like I mm-hmm. follow some amazing, strong women who um, most of the time I'm motivated by and, you know, it, it drives me. Every now and then if I'm having like a kind of low body image day or um, I can look at it and it can be really deflating and I'm mm-hmm. like, but I'm trying so hard and I've been training for so long. Why don't I look like that yet? Mm-hmm. And it's just that it, it, you have to be very careful um, with that comparison thing because we're, we're often comparing our beginning to someone else's middle or someone else's, not that mm-hmm. there is an end. It's a whole spectrum of progress and we're never done. We should always be trying to be better and um, in that regard. But, yeah, it, it, I reckon that played in a lot to my um, my whole journey with exercise all the mm. way through school, friends that played sport, um, you know, going to a gym where people knew what they were doing. It's It can be so scary. Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting because there's a lot of research around comparison that's kind of – I think we think we talk about it a lot in sort of like a negative light and that, mm. you know, it's, it's unhelpful to compare. But as you say, you could be comparing your beginning to someone else's middle or mm. end. Um, so there is an opportunity, I suppose, in that comparison to sort of frame it as showing like look how much you have to gain or how yes. much you have to grow or, you know, that sort of thing. And there is some um, evidence that's on research that suggests that, you know, you place – more, the more you focus on something, the more importance you kind of place on it. Um, so therefore... Like you, the more you're thinking, uh, the more importance you place on it, the more you end up thinking about and prioritising And like it, paying sort of, attention yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that could be negative or positive, couldn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's kind of like, you know, if you're focusing on comparing yourself to others and worrying that people are so much fitter, stronger, mm-hmm. you know, more toned, they've got a six pack and you don't, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, or they're lifting 25 kilos and I'm only mm. lifting five kilos, um, then, you know, it's kind of like you're upgrading that comparison in your brain. There was an article that said from a studio apartment to a penthouse suite. (laughs) So it's kind of like, yeah, you're sort of taking the emphasis away from what we should be focusing on when we're Mm -hmm. at the the gym and sort of worrying less about what other people think and worrying more about our own progress and our own journey. Yeah, it's like what you said at the start, the hardest part should be the workout and that's where our attention and effort should be. But Sometimes the hardest part is it's a bit like what Andy said in last week's episode, putting on the le- your leggings and walking out the door can sometimes be half the battle. And, you know, if you're feeling anxious about going into a space to exercise, then I think you're far more like unlikely to even go. Yeah. Um, let alone enjoy and actually be able to fully commit your time and energy and attention to the workout itself. Mm. And then I think poor body image and self-esteem can also be something that's oh, hugely – I think for – 
a lot of people it can probably be one of the most difficult elements to overcome when it comes to yes. experiencing sort of um, worry or unease of being, um, you know, avoid wanting to avoid exercising at a gym or exercising in public. Totally. I couldn't put shorts on or leggings on. Like the, the idea of wearing tights or leggings, whatever. What do we call them? Do you call them leggings or tights, gym Leggings? I think leggings? I call them leggings. Yeah, but like I couldn't, you know, the thought of putting those on was mortifying. I'm like, I'm my fat legs into those. You know, the things you say to yourself mm. um, and how crippling that can be, which is so sad because, yeah. you know, everyone that is even trying to do some movement or, um, you know, improve themselves in that way, like it's, it's so impressive and it's wonderful and it should be celebrated. It shouldn't be this battle between, you know, oh, I can't step into public wearing this and what if I look silly? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think worried that other people are leaner, other people are fitter. Or look at her exercising in oh. her crop top, and I feel like I have or to be a matching in a- set, or her, you know, I don't know, just that like I don't look, you know, cool enough to be in the gym. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be a factor, should it? <laughs> no, but it can be really, really difficult and tricky to overcome. And I think it can take up a lot of like brain space, and we end mm. up focusing so much more on the reasons why we can't go, right? Yep. Other than the reasons why we should go or can go. Yeah, that's it. So I guess um, what are what are some tips and tricks and things that have that have worked for us uh, to overcome this? Because I think the idea that that this kind of fear and anxiety, um, and I know through personal experience, could be stopping people from exercising, be that in a gym, in a Pilates class, even out in the park, going for a run and worried you look stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, by the way. You go for it. <laughs> um, like the fact that that could be holding people back, um, it's so it's so upsetting, isn't it? And mm. I guess thought hopefully some of these little tips and tricks we have um will help inspire you to to get out there and do it Mm -hmm. um and I feel like I can say this because I've absolutely been in that place and I think part of my motivation for studying my fitness and part of what I would love to do is empower women um to take those first steps and begin that journey because once you do start there's there is a huge snowball effect Mm -hmm. and I think the more um you know the, the more you go down that path, the more you learn, the stronger you get, the fitter you get, you know, the, the easier it is mm-hmm. and the more exciting it is and it becomes part of your life. But sometimes it's those first, taking those first steps in that mm-hmm. first gym class, booking that thing with a PT, whatever it is. Um, so that probably is our first tip was around having a gym buddy, having someone to go with. Yeah, this is the biggest thing for me. And I, if I think about the times when, if I think about a very traditional, like the traditional go to the gym, do a set of exercises, the times where I've had sort of the most success for over sustained periods of time would be when I've gone with a friend. Mm-hmm. So I think back maybe oh, it would have been like maybe my early 20s. Um, I remember my friend Georgia, shout out Georgia if you're listening, was living really close by and she was also a member at my local, the local gym in where we live. And um, yeah, I just remember for a few weeks there, we were going really regularly and like she would come up with a couple of exercises, I would come up with a couple of exercises and we would use the machines, we'd kind of go around together, which just yes. made things so much more like easy to approach. It felt like going into that gym space was much less daunting mm-hmm. um, and also you kind of have someone else there that you can bounce off and push each other and stay motivated and yep. you know you get to that last like you want to do 12 reps you get to 10 rather than being like oh I'll, I'll just, just stop, stop here <laughs> you know there's someone else helping to push you along yes I had a very similar experience actually when I was um, training with Jake and then I started going doing a few sessions just by myself and of course that was a whole other thing because you were uh, instead of going and meeting him and doing the the class, I, uh, sorry, the session with him, it was like I'm going to go by myself and that mm. in itself is is daunting. It presents all the other challenges of, of worried you're going to stand there looking silly because you don't know what you're doing next or someone will be on a piece of equipment you want to use and you have to awkwardly stand there and wait and what if people think you look silly? Um, my beautiful friend Jen from Benalla, um, she and I would go together and you know what? On those days when you just didn't want to get out of bed, Maybe it was me and she'd message be like, come on, we're doing this or vice versa. She'd be like, oh, I kind of want to skip today. And I'd be like, no, I'm going, you have to come. You know, Mm. it's that accountability. Yeah, accountability Mm -hmm. of sometimes even getting there. So that's a huge part. But also having someone to walk in the doors with. Yeah. Because that's sometimes like, you know, the hardest thing is walking through the doors. It might sound silly to people that feel very comfortable, but it's it can be quite daunting and inti- that gym intimidation like yeah. where you just feel like oh I can't I can't do that today I can't mm. walk in there and tackle today's workout by myself um having a friend by your side gosh it makes a difference yep 
Um, our second tip would be around maybe exploring uh, group fitness mm-hmm. or classes. And this is something I definitely, like, as I've already said, this is, I find this so much more fun. And even in the times where I've had memberships, maybe not had a friend, but I would regularly just build it around three or four gym mm-hmm. classes. Like a lot of gyms now do that Les Mills program. So I used to do sort of body pump, which is, you know, all weights and your full body weights thing goes for an hour, but it's structured. You're with an instructor, you're in a class and it kind of takes it's away. Accessible. Yeah, it's accessible. But it also takes away, I guess, that fear of being watched because everyone yep. else is focused on the same things and you're all sort of focused on watching the instructor of the class. So therefore you feel like people are less likely to be, likely to be looking at you. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you can go in the back row, you know, and as you sort of get more and more confident, you can – yeah, sort of build it up. And there's also so much variety. So I think group fitness, if you're, if you're new to the gym or new to exercise and trying to break into it, going to a gym that has a broad group fitness timetable can be really good because you can try boxing, you can try Zumba. You I can love try, boxing. Yeah, you could try, try a step class. You mm-hmm. could try yoga. There, there's so many different things. You can sort of really dabble and find what it is that works for you. Yeah, and I think another thing is shopping around and whether that's, that's trying different gyms, different settings, but it's also – finding an exercise you love because if you hate something you are not going to have that as part of your day-to-day for the rest of your life and obviously for me it's strength and resistance training I love it that's not going to be for everyone as much as I would say every woman should be doing strength and resistance training and start lifting some weights you do need to find that thing whether it's Pilates or it's that group fitness it's boxing um that you can actually stick with because if if you don't love it you're not going to do it and vice versa if you do love it it's actually something you're going to you're going to stick with but the exercise, but also the setting. If you don't feel welcome uh, in in the gym that you're attending, don't be afraid to go elsewhere. Find the right environment because, yeah, where, where Jake was training in Benalla, Primal Gym in Benalla, still there, fantastic space. The owners, Scott and Tanya, just created this really beautiful, welcoming environment. And as much as you'd walk through the doors and there's battle ropes and there's all the, um, you know, the squat racks and the it, it was just a lot of equipment and it could feel it, – it, pro- it felt intimidating the first time I walked through – you know, you'll be greeted with a smile. You, they sort of wrap, you know, wrap that kind of welcoming um, vibe around everyone. And if you don't have a space like that, then f- then keep looking because yeah. they are out there. And even though sometimes, even you know, other people that you know, it might be the gym bro that's that's lifting in the corner and you feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oftentimes, like he'd be cheering you on. And if you wanted to help, you wanted someone to spot you, or you wanted some um, tips on your form. Like usually, people in the gym. Uh, are happy to see you there and are happy to help. And mm. I think it's flipping that in your mindset, you know, the fear that people are thinking badly of us or judging us. Usually they're not thinking about us, but often it's the opposite. Like I love seeing, you know, people come to their first class or do their, you know, um, do their first, lifting their first weights or whatever. Like, I, you know, I'm cheering them on. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people are. Yeah. And I think this is why gyms have free, you know, seven-day free trial mm. or they have intro, intro packs and things for exactly this reason like give it a go try it mm-hmm. because obviously a lot of these places there is like a you know an ongoing cost and mm-hmm. a lot of gyms like to try and lock you in for 12 months I think oh, a lot of the time things, now it's like yeah. 18 months but again like also don't be afraid to do the seven-day trial and be like oh I did I liked it but I'm not sure of it then just you know maybe you do week on week for another six weeks and yes it's a little bit more expensive but then you give it a bit more time to figure out is this actually where I want to be before you commit yourself to you know, 18 months mm-hmm. ongoing sort of yep. contracts yep. Um, or buy class packs or, yeah. you know, just, yeah, tr- just, yeah, give yourself, I guess, the flexibility to sort of, yeah, try before you quote unquote buy, even though you have to pay to do the intro trial. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> try before you, try, pay a little bit <laughs> before you buy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing we were talking about is around like following a program. Oh, so important. Yeah. And I guess um, sort of as an adjunct to that is around um, if you're just getting started, actually working with a trainer. Yes. It's actually, I think, I think everyone should, if you're just beginning and you don't know what you're doing, but you want to learn mm-hmm. and you might feel intimidated, it just ticks so many boxes. You can um, have a program that's actually going to ensure, so it, talking in strength and resistance terms you know that progressive overload to ensure you are training muscles and that's not necessarily adding weight each week it could be adding time under tension it could be adding some extra reps uh, reducing your rest times or adding an extra set like there's plenty of ways that you can really push those muscles to ensure that progressive overload but if, unless you have a proper, properly structured program you're not going to actually see those those gains and those um, changes to your body so having someone that knows what they're doing write that for you it also 
I mean, it ensures progress, but it also means you have you have it like a um, something to follow when you go through those doors. So instead of walking in and aimlessly wandering around and being like, oh, I'll just jump on this machine because it's free or walking on the treadmill for an hour because you're too scared to go into the weight section, you've got your thing to follow, whether it's a bit mm-hmm. of paper or it's on your phone mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, I'm in the squat rack and I'm doing three sets of 12 and this is the weight I did last week, this is the weight I'll do this week, whatever it is. Um, you have a game plan and I think yeah. that in itself – takes away a lot of that fear associated with walking in and thinking you'll look silly because you have something to follow and it's just – and then you can get in there, you can do it, you can leave. Yeah. None of that confusing time where you're standing around being like, oh, what am I doing next? Yeah. And when you're first getting started, I guess, having that personal trainer, Mm. even though like it is a bit of an upfront cost at the beginning, but you don't have to have them the whole time, but just having them maybe you do two or three sessions – um, and if you want to stay, then great. But yeah, or even do one a week with them, yeah. and then they give you a program for your other two days. Or yeah, but if you are, you know, new to strength training, is like you've got someone there to make sure you're doing things correctly. correctly. You're doing things safely, which mm-hmm. is really important because it is really easy to injure yourself. Yep. You've got weights that are the right weights because mm-hmm. sometimes actually making sure you're lifting not too heavy, but also lifting heavy enough is yep really a, finding a challenge. that sweet spot and with correct form and with correct form and all of those sorts of things because if you've got that you're kind of armed with that knowledge so then when you do go in alone you can kind of eliminate one fear of going yep. I'm worried people I'm not doing this right and people are judging me it's like yep. well you know you're doing it right totally. because you've been taught and it also um it's similar kind of effect to having a friend you're you're the, you're walking in the door you're meeting your personal trainer you're not awkwardly standing around by yourself trying to figure out what you're doing yeah. Um, again, it just eliminates so many of those um, those things that sort of stop us, I guess. Yep. The other thing we were talking about is if you if you are a bit nervous about being in the gym, um, maybe it's busy, maybe mm. all the machine the machines you everyone loves the leg press. If everyone's been to the gym at a busy time, trying trying to find a time when the leg press press machine is free <laughs> is almost impossible. So if you can try and pinpoint a, t- a quiet time yes. in the gym. So, you know, five to 7am is always really busy, but I used to find on days I worked from home before went around 7.30. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, there was a quarter of as many people. Yep. And how good is an empty gym? And Like it's the best yeah. when you can go and you just do your thing. And um, you don't feel pressured yet. You don't feel like you're having to rush through things because someone's waiting to use the yes. machine or yep. vice versa. That's it. Because I think that in itself can be, um, can stop, stop us from doing a certain exercise if we if we feel like oh people are waiting for me I bet I'm just not going to do it and I've know? got one more set to do but I'm um, just skip it because you feel yeah. rushed or yeah and so it might be also I think like um again in the evening 5 p.m to 7 p.m might be really busy but uh, after that if you're uh, I'm not I'm a morning exerciser but you know I struggle to fathom people that want to exercise at 9 p.m but mm-hmm. the gym can be quite quiet at that time so if that appeals to you or very early on a Sunday no one's up and about them you could yeah. be that person but even like I remember there was a couple of times where Sean and I would go down at like 1 30 or 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon and again it'd be quiet mm-hmm. and That's you can just it. sort of structure it around um that and just yeah it just makes it so much more easy you don't feel rushed you don't feel pressured and it, yeah there's fewer people so therefore fewer people for you to worry about yes. who might be watching you even though they're probably not <laughs> they're not but still it helps I reckon yeah um and I think little little other things you can do like a noise cancelling headphones are a game changer oh headphones make all the difference <sighs> just block everyone out it actually helps you just ignore the fact that there are other people there and yep. make a playlist that you love one that's going to psych you up and just whack them on and just like get in there like I think it just really helps to mm. empower you as well yeah I think it, I found yeah, using my headphones at the gym. I Part of that I always felt a bit anxious about, like wearing mm. like headphones. People were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why it's so silly. But then when I actually did start using them, I was like, wow, it makes such a difference and it really does. It drowns out a lot of those thoughts about, yeah. you know, those worries about what other people are, are thinking and feeling. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it really just helps to – yeah, it, I found it really helped eliminate a lot of that anxiety. Yeah. Another thing that you could consider if the gym is just not for you, you know, you might have tried five gyms and never found your spot, but you really want to do um, strength training is investing in a home setup. And we did this during COVID purely out of necessity because I was going mad, not being able to do my weights. And I was like terrified I was losing progress. And yes, I took up running, which was crazy because that's something I'd never done. And I loved that journey left it in COVID and I really need to pick up running again but um, (laughs) that aside we actually initially borrowed equipment from the gym we were attending at the time Mm. for I think it was the second or third lockdown because I was like I can't do this again 
Um, and then they took it back because we were reopening and then, of course, we shut down again. Um, we ended up – Andrew actually built us a squat rack. It was its timber one. Um, and we bought a barbell and a few plates. And then we've since bought um, a proper squat rack uh, and we have um, the landmine. We've got a bunch of weight plates. We've got a bunch of resistance bands. Like you actually don't need that much mm. to do a really solid program with the yeah, whole Yeah, and you setup. can just sort of add to it gradually yeah, over time. which is what we do. So we've just added – there's a few things I want now I'll get. But um, – if you can self-motivate, if you have a good program, I would still highly encourage a coach um, yeah. or a PT to set your um, program for you. And also that you can send videos to and yes. things. So I think when you are at home, yeah. safety becomes even more. Starting out that way might be yeah. a bit tricky, um, yeah. but it it's so, it is doable. And there are yeah. so many online coaches now and people that will guide you through that. Um, and look, even reach out to us and we'll pep you up and put you in contact with our coaches or whatever. Like if you have any, um, you know, questions, we'll be so well, happy. You might be coaching in the not too distant <laughs> I'll be, future. Yeah, I'll be getting there maybe. Um, and so, yeah, it's like there are there are things to probably take into account when starting from home. But I love my home setup now. Like I can, you can literally walk out into the garage and, and just do my workout. I do it first thing in the morning usually but sometimes I've done it on my lunch break if I'm working from home um and it removes that barrier of having to get in the car and drive somewhere or even face going into a gym I remember yeah. the first time I went back to the gym after um one of the lockdowns I remember being so overwhelmed because I'd just been working out in my garage and of course we'd been you know socially distancing and everything and, and it was, gyms are grimy it was grimy and dirty <laughs> and I felt like I got sick every time I went to a gym for a while because my immune system is still cooked from lockdowns, but it was also like, oh, they're not always the cleanest, the cleanest this, places. The yeah. one I was going to was, yeah, not that great. And But I remember just being so overwhelmed, like the music, that the, all the people, all the waiting for equipment. I was like, heck, I'm like, bring back, take me back to my garage gym. Like there's something to be said, I think, for a good home setup. Yeah. And you don't even need – it's not even a home setup just for resistance training, but no. there's so many things on – YouTube, like you can find like hit classes, you can find just get you know, some mini yoga with or Adrian. Like yes, she does like great. all these 30 day challenges. There's lots of different, yeah, you can do like mat Pilates. Like there's a whole bunch of mm -hmm. things, yeah, that you need, you know, very, very minimal mm -hmm. equipment, if not no equipment. That's it. Um, I think um, like fluid form Pilates is one I actually did during lockdown and they send you it, you sign up and they send you a little pack with a few mini bands of Pilates balls and plates, uh, like those sliding plates and stuff. And they have a whole bunch of challenges you can do or and some 10, 15 minutes, like it's so achievable. Yeah. And I think on that, something else I'll just add in terms of the program, like if you're feeling overwhelmed and not sure where to start and you think I can't carve out six days a week to exercise, you don't need six days. Like again, I know I'm harping on about resistance training, but three full body days a week of like 45, 50 minutes mm. of a well-structured program is plenty, especially when you're starting out to see some really amazing results. And that's mm. all I was doing when I, um, like with Jake about three days a week. Uh, and I still do my main three full body days. And like you don't, it doesn't need to be, just start where, you, start where you're at. Maybe it's mm. one day a week. Maybe it's one session with the PT a week and then you add some more walks or some more steps or whatever. Um, but it can be, you know, it doesn't have to be the world. <laughs> it can no. be, start small. Yeah, I think... Yeah, starting small is, like, really important. And I think also just, like, it's that idea of, like, just, like, gradual and repeated. So even if all you can manage for the first if – you're, if you're really, really new to it and it's like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk and then I'm going to come home and do a 10-minute, you know, uh, body weight circuit mm -hmm. that I'm going to find on YouTube. Great. Amazing. And just doing that for – starting with a week. Yeah. Like, I want to do this three times a week for a week. Okay, yep. I got through that. Okay, next week. I might see let's do fifteen minutes. Yep. You know, and just just gradually building up. And then mm -hmm. you that'll build your confidence, it'll build your strength, and you'll be like, okay, actually I can do this, it's achievable. What can I add? Yep. And celebrating that. I think flipping um that internal narrative sometimes around I'm not doing enough I can't do it like I've really failed this week because I've only done two sessions flip that no you did two sessions this week you know every one mm. percent every little decision going for a little walk doing a five minute workout at home doing some squats in between meetings every little one percent adds up and it builds and it compounds and it builds your um, desire to keep going it builds your confidence it builds your resilience and your discipline you know mm. it's just we should not underestimate the power of just those tiny little decisions every single day and how much they compound. And building a habit, mm -hmm. right? Because yep. it's like the reality is you're not going to spring out of bed every single day feeling like this gusto and motivation just to smash out an hour of exercise. Mm -hmm. It's about saying, okay, well, I'm just going to get it done 
to yeah. a degree. And even if I only do 20 minutes, mm-hmm. it's still better than nothing. And I think I know I have a real tendency to get to Wednesday or Thursday and be like, I haven't really done much this week. Oh, well, mm. it's nearly the weekend. Oh, just let it go. And then, <laughs> it's almost you know, it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'll wait till Monday again, yeah. where it's just like. You don't you know, need a Monday. Sometimes you just need a new day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't even need to. Sometimes you just have to be like, okay, I'm going to get out and walk around the block. And yeah, that is even a if that's all tick. you do. Exactly. It's better than doing nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that whole idea of like positive self-talk mm-hmm. um, can go a really long way. Um, you know, so calling out those negative thoughts when you mm-hmm. spot them. You, you you have someone going like, if you find yourself thinking, I don't know what I'm doing, you might instead try and tell yourself, I'm doing something new and I'm doing my best. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Or I'm not very good at this right now, but I'll get better. Like I'll be able to do this next week. And I think just trying to take note as mm-hmm. well and like take stock and like you say, celebrate those little wins. So if you find that, you know, you know, it got to the, you got, you started feeling really tired midway through the second set, but then the following next week you got to the end of the second yep. set and we're still feeling pretty good. Like that's progress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think totally lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had something to say. That's okay. We can circle back to it if you like. Because <laughs> the, the other thing I was going to add, I think as women, um, we do have like a hormonal cycle. That I was we actually go, thinking that. that yes. <laughs> we go through every single month. And so you might find like I know myself, like around the middle of my cycle, like around ov- ovulation, it's like everything just feels easy. I have energy. I feel it's easier to get up in the morning. I feel less tired. I'm less hungry even, less I hard. find. Yeah. And then as it gets closer towards the end of my cycle mm-hmm. or around the time I'm about to get my period, I just feel exhausted, washed out, drained. And so it just feels so much harder at that time. Yeah. So I think being really aware and I found that I've become much more aware of those like hormonal fluctuations throughout my cycle and that's very common experience for a lot of people and they're huge if you actually look at what is happening you know with our um progesterone and um, estrogen estrogen and even testosterone and what is going on it makes sense if you pay a little bit of attention and think oh gosh i lifted this much last week why i can't even why can't i do this um this week or even you know like you were saying this the next week you do more Mm. um Sometimes, like I know some women fully train around their cycle and they pull right back during PMS um, and things like that and then uh, ramp it up and go for PBs and things during, um, you know, ovulation. And um, I think there can be a place for that. For myself, I just try to be mindful of it and just and and kind to myself when I need to be. And Mm -hmm. because I don't think you should necessarily change your whole program based on that in case you start to feel more tired, like just do it based on what you feel. But um, important thing to keep in mind because for some people you can get quite extreme PMS or quite bad period pain. For me, I'm yeah. usually during my uh, – in the lead up, mm. not so good. During my period, I start to feel really strong again as yeah. you know, that first week of your cycle and the second week. And yep. um, But I notice it in my weights. I'll be like, oh, heck, like two weeks ago I was lifting this weight. I can't even do – like finish the set at this weight today. Um, so, yeah, I think being mindful of that is um, can be helpful as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think we've like we've covered a lot in this episode. It's probably all we really have time oh, one for. More, you got I was one more say, thing? Oh, that was my thought. Sorry, Excuse me trying to wrap up, and Rachel's got one more. Thing. <laughs> I've got so much to say. Um, it was just about goal setting. Oh yes, um, yes. I think setting setting goals can be really really helpful, mm. but making sure that they are achievable um, mm. and reasonable. Like, don't be like, okay, I'm doing twenty pull ups by the end of next month, and if not, I'm yeah. a failure. Or know? I'm going to work out. <laughs> every single day this week yes. it's your first week sort of getting into it yeah it's like mm. I think it's that starting small building up but I think that's where something like I'm not I think a 12-week challenge 12 week challenges and all those gimmicks and stuff that you get people trying to sell you on Instagram um there's a place for that so for me the boot camp was actually an amazing starting point but it should be in my opinion it should be seen as a lifelong journey mm. uh not something that you achieve okay I've done my 12 weeks I've reached a certain um body fat percentage or whatever and I'm just going to stop now for the next 12 weeks and then wait till I feel crap again and then do another 12-week challenge like they should be uh steps that you take that you can implement and actually build in and maintain in your everyday life yeah Um, you don't want to be yo-yoing yeah yeah that's it coming from someone who has done their fair share of yo-yoing um it's implementing those those practices, habits, steps you can actually do, but also setting those goals so that you are pushing yourself. Mm. And maybe it is, I will do two sessions this week. Yeah. And I will do that until, you know, the end of the year. And then I'm going to buy myself this at the end as a reward, whatever it may be. It's something, you know, you can do, but it's, it's also, you know, not, um, not letting yourself off the hook too much. You know, you want it to be hard enough that you're actually achieving something and pushing yourself, but 
um, but something you can actually do. And I think with weight training, it can give you a really nice way to sort of frame your goals in a way that isn't related to weight and that isn't related to um, aesthetic. Because I also feel like a lot of women, it's like, oh, I need to, I want to lose weight to become a size eight or I need to lose 10 kilos by Christmas or, you know, whatever, which is, can be, I mean, I guess there's a time and a place for that. And, you know, if people want to have aesthetic goals, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I feel like with exercise sometimes that's not the best way. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the episode with Andy around exercise not being for punishment but being for joy. Mm -hmm. So if you're weight training, it could be like, well, hey, I can do at the moment seven squats at 40 kilos with the squat bar. I'd like to be able to get up to three sets of 10 Mm -hmm. in – the next three months yeah. and then it's something you can tangibly sort of work towards performance-based goals yes. this is so funny there you, you should, go <laughs> so funny you should say this it's literally talking to my wonderful um nutrition coach page uh last week in my check-in and i was sort of saying to, we were talking about how I, like, I was sort of fixating on my measurements and how i was looking and um my body in terms of aesthetics um and she really encouraged me to maybe start having a think about some performance-based goals that I could set for myself and start focusing on because it takes my mind off, oh, you know, I'm feeling chubby today or whatever. It's like, no, you squatted this today or whatever it is. So I'm actually currently trying to think, um, trying to set myself a few performance-based um, movement, like mm. strength targets and goals so that yeah. um, I'm focusing on that and what my body can do yes. rather than Rather than just trying to make it smaller. Yeah, because I – yeah, 100%. I'm always in that battle. Yeah. <laughs> and I always slip back into that um, fixating on, you know, if there's not been a reduction in my check-in, then I've failed. But no, like I'm getting stronger. I'm doing this. I'm actually yeah. experiencing, um, you know, uh, better – relationships with food and with um, how I'm talking to myself, all those little wins, like I think shifting again, the focus um, and exercise. I think it's again, so powerful about, um, about exercise, particularly strength training, because you can set goals, you can get stronger. You can notice every single week, you can notice um, how far you've come. You can look back at where you were at this time last year. And there's something so empowering about that um, rather than just basing your um, progress on the scales, I think. Well, I think <laughs> now we you can wrap up. Can wrap up, but um, yeah, I really hope that. Well, we really hope that as you've been listening today, that if you've sort of identified with this, any of the things we've been discussing, that you can take this as a really strong piece of encouragement. That mm. you know, everyone's been feeling this way, but it's not something that we should be letting us like hold ourselves back. And that there's there's so many different things that we can do and we can implement to sort of change that and you know get to the place that we want to get to with exercise and achieve achieve those goals. And if nothing else, we are cheering you on. <laughs> yes. So thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed it, um, send us send us your thoughts, um, ideas, anything we've missed. Tell us if this has been relatable. We'd love to hear it. Um, I think like, you know, there's been so much that we've shared about our own journeys and we just love hearing um, back from you guys about um, whether that's been, whether you've had similar experiences. Um, and also if you're happy to jump on and give us a like, a follow, a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts, we love to see that. It really helps us grow so and grow our community as well. So thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next one. The Brunch Files would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, meet, work and play, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and of course any First Nations peoples who may be listening today. This podcast is all about the adventures, stories and laughs of being a woman in her 30s. While we strive to entertain and share relatable experiences, please remember that our content is purely for fun and shouldn't be taken too seriously and it's definitely not professional advice. Life is a wild ride and everyone's journey is unique. We believe that laughter is the best policy and we're just here to spread some joy. Thank you.